so wonderful to be here and to see all see everybody again. So many familiar faces, you know. Even though we live in Florida now, this is our home. It became our home, and I believe it always will be our home. So when we're away, we're just away doing ministry, like Pastor Joe said, New Freedom South, and that is what I call it. Uh, and, uh, and so the Lord's doing lots of work, and you all, and the 12 years that we were here helped prepare us for doing what we're doing, for doing what we're doing, and we thank you for that. We love you so much, and even though if we don't talk to you, we miss you, we pray for you, and we hear all the prayer requests, and we're always ready right there uh, to step in and help with that, and we send some up here too, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that. There was a man who was driving through an intersection, As he's driving through the intersection, he's in one of those towns like Middletown. They take your picture when you go through the stoplight. If you don't stop, they take your picture and then send you a ticket. This guy drove through, and he's driving. He's driving very slow, and the light was still green. And the camera flashed, and he goes, what was that? So he turned around the block and came back around a second time. He said, I want to figure this out. I want to see if I, uh, how slow I have to go so my picture doesn't get taken. So he comes back around, goes slower. Same thing happens. The camera flashes, takes his picture. So he does this three or four times, and he can't figure it out. And finally, he gets, a, gets the tickets, several tickets in the mail from, uh, from the police. And he wasn't speeding through the intersection, but he didn't have his seatbelt on. You know, sometimes our perception of what's going on in our life or other people's lives, we don't really understand it or know. Sometimes, you know, he's driving through these lights and he's, and he's blaming the, the police for, why are you taking my picture? And when all it, when all it was was it was his fault. Because he didn't have his seatbelt on. A lot of us go through life wanting to blame other people when the blame should be coming to us. When, when things go wrong, the first thing we should do is look at us, not look at what's wrong with the other person. Because wherever there's a problem, it still takes two people. It takes two people to have an argument, two people to have a fight. And it takes two people to bring the presence of God into your presence. This morning, I want to, we're going to, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 28. Uh, I'm going to be preaching from 28, starting with verse 16. Give you a chance to get there. We, uh, God's been really good uh, to us down there, down in Naples. And people make fun of us, oh, yeah, down in Naples, yeah, what a tough job. Well, <clears throat> it is and it isn't. We just found out a survey was done, and 90% of the people in Naples do not go to a church. 90%. Now, you talk about a mission field. Because there's a lot of people in Naples. See, the problem is they don't think they need Jesus. Why don't they think that? Because they got a lot of money. There's a lot of money down there. Uh, everything is, is $2 more than it is here. 
You go to McDonald's, a uh, quarter pounder's $2 more than you pay here. Everything's more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Uh, the only thing that's not expensive where we live is our electricity. And we don't have to pay for water. We don't have to pay for garbage pickup. And we don't have to mow our grass. That's a good deal. But everything is more expensive there. Uh, you go out to eat. No matter where we go to eat, the three of us, no matter where we go or what we order, whether it's uh, McDonald's, Burger King, or whether it's uh, Cracklin' Jack's, my favorite place to eat, it costs us 40 to $50 to, for the three of us for lunch, no matter where we go. So it doesn't matter where we go. We'll just put, we might as well go to the good restaurants instead of the bad ones because uh, it's going to cost us the same. So everything is more expensive there. People have more money. You drive downtown Naples, we're driving an Equinox. This guy's driving Mercedes. This one's driving a Maserati. This one's driving a Bentley. Have you ever seen a Bentley? I didn't even know it existed. A Bentley. I looked up the cost of the Bentley. It's $300,000 for that car. I'm like, holy cow, I don't think I've made that much money in my life. And, you got, and then you've got, what else we got down there, Joy? Uh, I can't hear you. Alfa Romeos, and all, all these cars, we're driving Equinox. We're, pri- we're, we're happy. We're happier than they are, guarantee you. Why? Because we're rich, because we have Jesus. Another, yeah, amen. Another thing about Florida I found is we found hell there. I'm telling you, I know what hell's going to be like. Go drive in Orlando, Florida. Hell is like driving through Orlando. Oh, my gosh. We were there because we had uh, uh, our oldest daughter got Mallory tickets to see Paul McCartney. So we were there. Oh, my gosh. I was there for 10 minutes. I was ready to leave because of the traffic. It was just crazy. People driving crazy. That's another thing. Everybody drives crazy down there. I guess that's because they all have money. Don't worry about if something happens to the car, they just get a new one or something. I don't know what it is. The people just drive absolutely crazy. But Orlando, Florida is the closest thing to hell I've ever been in driving my car. But we call it paradise down there because it is paradise. You have to really work at having a bad day living in Naples because of the weather. I tell people this all the time. How can you have a bad day? It's impossible. Look, just walk outside and look around. Look around. It's beautiful. God's creation is so beautiful. Isn't it, Bob? Yeah, Bob's been down there. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And so we're down there, but this is our home. And we live down there. Mallory calls it, this is our original home. We have a new home down there, but this is our original home. So this is home to us. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to the Matthew. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew twenty-eight, verse sixteen. And if you would, and if you are able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. <clears throat> then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, because but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. God's word for God's people. You can be seated. I figured, you know, if we stand for the flag, why shouldn't we stand for the gospel? Why shouldn't we stand when the gospel is read? It's a special word. It's for you. It's for me. And it's from the mouth of God. He wrote this. It's from the mouth of God. I want to ask you a question today, and you'll hear me ask it many times. It's going to be this. Did you get the memo? Many of you have worked places where you get at work and you get these little memos. I hate to get in those things. You know, hey, you remember to do this, you forgot to do that, come see me, whatever. Memos. Did you get the memo? And when that memo comes, you're expected to respond to it. You're expected to do whatever it might ask you to do. And so memos are like inner office mem- memorandums. And sometimes you put them on your, the fridge for the kids or for each other. Memos. Now, these words here that we just read about Jesus were part of his dying words before he went to heaven the second time. Now, we've done a lot of ministry and we continue to do a lot of ministry with people who are dying, who are very ill. Uh, Where we live, probably the average age is, what do you think it is, Janet, about your age? Uh, about 80 years old. And so we, are, we minister with people who wake up every morning and look in the mirror and look at their own mortality in the mirror going, wow, this could be my last day. This could be my last day. So it's important. The Lord sent us down there to take them the word so that they can live eternally and they don't have to worry about dying. See, if you know the Lord and you trust in his word and his promises, you will live forever. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Dennis says. So if we can get people to know the Lord, they can forget about worrying about dying. So you can't begin to live your life that God has given you until you are not afraid to die. You cannot do that. Because you're going to be worried about dying. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Who oh, do I have this done? What's it going to feel like? All those worries are wiped away, or should be, or should be. Quick story about a man I met in the park. I was on my way walking down to the church, and this man came out of his, came out of his mobile, and he was walking like this, which is pretty fast for him. And, and so I'm walking along, and I say to him, I, I know the man, I met the man, but I don't, I know, he doesn't come to church at the church. So I say to him, you know how I am, hey, you on your way to church? He looks at me and goes, I don't know where I'm going, which isn't an unusual thing to hear from people down there. They, sometimes people of dementia, they don't know where they're going. They're lost. They're lost. They can't find their home to live in. And so I said, well, you mean you're talking about where you're going now or where you're going for eternity? He says, well, both of them, I guess. 
I said, well, I can help take care of one of them right now. So right there in the middle of the street, he accepted the Lord. 92 years old. The best part about it, he didn't know, but he died almost a year later. His wife, Sylvia, what a dear lady. She's 90. She walks every day. But anyway, and so we let him right there. Just by going. We walked that park every day. We walked and went down and we, tra- we, we claimed that park for Jesus and for his glory. And that's our sole purpose in being there. And people know who we are and what we stand for because we, we make no bones about it. And besides that, Janet tells everybody. <laughs> Go to the pool. Some will come, somebody will say, hey, we hear you have church here. We said, yeah, where'd you hear that from? Well, some lady with white hair. I said, Janet. They go, yeah, Janet. But people have come to, to know that when they come to Enchanting Shores, News Freedom South Church, they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to hear about Jesus. That's it, plain and simple. We don't have anything fancy. We meet in a clubhouse that has a stage. We set up the chairs every day. We sing. We pray for each other. We hear about Jesus, and we sing, and we go home. It's that simple. But for us to originally get there, we had to get the memo. And this is what the memo said. We just read it. Go ye therefore. Go. G-O. Go, go, go. Sitting in here doesn't get it done. I've come to find out, we've come to find out more and more that preaching is not ministry. Preaching is preaching. Preaching is giving you the word. Ministry then is going and acting on that word. The Lord has grown our church from 35 to 80 because, give the Lord a hand, not me, because of what we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not because of what we do on Sunday mornings. People are learning to go, going to their neighbors, wherever it is, going and making disciples. Goes on to say, and make Go, therefore, and teach the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Making disciples. Making disciples. Here, you know, verse 17, it said that, uh, and they worshipped him, but some doubted. They say there might have been over 500 people there at that particular time. Verse Corinthians says, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren, of whom the greatest part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Have you fallen asleep? Are you just happy with knowing Jesus? You got that fire insurance to know you're not going to go to hell? But what are you doing for him? What am I doing for him? This scripture says, go. Go. When we go from here, go from here and go and make disciples. Well, how do we make disciples? 
Well, the best way to make this and teach them, it says, and teach them everything I've taught you. Many of you I know for 12 years, you've been receiving teaching of the gospel from Pastor Joe. You have enough ammunition to take on the world. Some of you don't think you have. Some of you still want to sit in your seat and moan and groan and complain and whine and be a victim and say, oh, poor me, nobody, li- nobody likes me, everybody hates me. Go. You want, to feel, you want to feel good about yourself? Go. Go to your work and represent Jesus there. Go to your family and represent Jesus. Go to your friends. Go to your neighbors. Go to the store. Uh, go, to the, go to the beach. I know, anywhere. You can go. And how do you make disciples? We have to, if we know about Jesus, then we have to start acting like him. That's how you teach people. You don't go with your Bible and beat them over there and say, man, you know, the way you're living, you're going to hell. Well, maybe they are. But I'm going to tell you what, that's not going to change their mind. They don't know what hell is. And I heard T.D. Jake say, why do we expect people to act like Jesus when they don't know who he is? They don't know who he is. How are they going to find out who he is? They should find out who he is by the way they see us. By the way we act in the world. By the way we drive, oh man, Lord forgive me. <laughs> By the way we drive, the, you know, the, the, the way we interact as a family, the way we interact with the cashier, the, the waitress, whoever it might be, anybody we come in contact with, we can take Jesus to them. Anybody. If you don't believe that, sometime uh, when you go to the restaurant at the end, when, they, when the waitress brings your bill, ask her if there's anything you can pray about for her. That's taking Jesus to the world. It says take him to the ends of the world. Take him. Teach by your example. You can't live, do as I say, not as I do. If you don't act like Jesus most of the time, because none of us are perfect, except for Mallory, (laughs) act like Jesus, so that your testimony has meaning. It has meaning. You have to show people who Jesus is by, through you, through your heart, by the way that you act, the way you treat people, the way you, the way you handle adversity. We have all kinds of adversity, right? We have friends dying. We have people dying. We had 30 people uh, pass away in the park last year. Why? Because they're 80 and 90 years old. It's called life. They know they're coming to the end of it. And many of the people, don't get me wrong, many of the people in the park, the Silvers, they go to other churches because many of them in, our, in the congregation and in the park are Catholic. So they go to the Catholic church down there, which is great. We invite them to our place too. That's why Sylvia came and uh, this lady whose husband died, she came to me and, <clears throat> and she said, oh, I need to come some Sunday, Pastor. I said, well, you better come next Sunday because it's the last one until the fall. So she came. She came and she wanted to thank everybody for their prayers and thank everybody for the cards that we sent her when her husband died. You know, you can go a lot of ways. You can go through a card. You can go through a text. 
You can go by actually going. You can go through a phone call. There's all kinds of ways to go. Going doesn't just mean going. Sometimes it does. If you're capable, you got to go. We need to go. Go now. Don't wait. There are people, there are people dying every day that need Jesus. There are 1.8 million people in western Ohio that don't go to a church. Now you tell me why these seats aren't full. 1.8 million people? Are you kidding me? It's the same way in Naples. 90% of the people down there don't go to a church. Naples population, I don't know what you know what it is, Janet or Ray? I don't know. It's it's gotta be. 100,000 or more, 90% of the people. That's a great mission field. We need to go. We need to go. We need to show them Jesus, who he is, through the way we live. Making disciples. It says make disciples. The word make means this. To build a strong tower. To build a strong tower. When we go and we introduce someone to Jesus, either by talking about it or showing them or both, our job is to help build a strong tower for Jesus. But if you're not a strong tower, you can't build one. You can't take anybody anywhere you haven't been. If you don't know Jesus, you can't lead somebody to Jesus. You haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can't lead someone to that if you haven't been baptized. So we need to go and we need to make, make. See, lots of churches like to go and get people in the seats, but then now what do we do with them? Well, we make disciples. We got to teach them. Got to teach them. Somebody to teach me how, what it meant to be a disciple. If you haven't been taught, you need to find somebody to teach you. That's the most important part of it. Now, I know here at New Freedom, we have lots of things, lots of things going on that people can learn about Jesus through different activities, and that's great. But we always have to make sure that Jesus is the number one topic. The number one topic, because that's why we're all here. If you're not here for Jesus, then you probably shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I'll tell you a funny story about me this morning. I was so excited and in a hurry to get here. I put my bag in the back of the car and I slammed the, the, slammed the trunk and cut myself across the top of the head because I didn't get out of the way. I know you all think probably Joy had to hit me, but she didn't. It wasn't what had happened. And so then I come in and I come in here and I get ready to come in here and I go, I didn't bring my Bible. I forgot my Bible at home. So I just scramble around and find a Bible. By the way, someone who is in Wayne's class, the second table, this is your Bible. <laughs> so if that's you, make sure you get it before you leave. But I got so excited, you know, and, and part of this is a fact that you all need to know, well, most of you do know me, hey, I'm real. We're real. Sylvia came to church, and she said, after church, she came up to me. She goes, Pastor Dennis, 
Sylvie's about this tall, beautiful lady. Never see her out of her house without lipstick on and her hair done. She's 90 years old. She said, Pastor Dennis, she goes, you preach a lot different than the priests at my church. I'm thinking, I bet I do. She goes, they don't talk about the stuff you talk about. She goes, you talk about real stuff. I said, well, yeah, that's what this, the, the gospel is for, is to help us get through life. We've got to be real. Life is real. We have to be real, and we have to meet those problems and talk about them and figure them out together. And this is the best thing she ever, anybody's ever said to me. She goes, I like you, young man. She goes, you're old school. That's what she told me. And so... I said, well, yeah, I guess I am. But Jesus, see, the church down there didn't grow. It grows because people want to come hear the gospel, but it grows because the ministry that goes on during the week. The times you go visit people. Hey, how you doing today? Oh, we're doing fine. Hey, how you doing today? Well, I'm not feeling very good, and I want you to come inside because I have a cold. And so we say, well, what, can we do anything for you? And they go, well, yeah, I need some cold medicine. Okay, well, okay. So we go get her cold medicine. That's ministry. She knew why we did it. There are people there that, are, that even now that the, the season is over and, and there's only maybe about 100 people maybe. I think there's 100, Joy. Maybe 100 people left in the park. I don't know if there's that many. And so many of them are widows or widowers and they live there year round. And so we check on them. It's ministry. We're sharing the love of Jesus. And you don't have to say, hey, I'm here to share the love of Jesus with you. No. No. You don't have to do that. You go and you just do. You go and you do. And eventually they're going to say this. Why do you do this? There you go. There's your opening. But you don't have to beat them over the head with Jesus. You just love them to death. There's a guy who used to come to church here. Some of you know him, Dale Farley. We had our downtown uh, feeding ministry, and he would always write something up on the board for the, when the people came in, a Bible verse or something. One day I walk in there, and I look at the board, and it goes, this is what it reads, it goes, come join us at New Freedom Church. We'll love the hell right out of you. <laughs> That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. People need to be loved. They need to be respected. They need to feel that somebody cares about them. They're important. And the thing is, we know who cares about them the most. That's Jesus. That is Jesus. That's what we got to take to the world. We need to go and take Jesus to the world and make disciples through the way we act. Through the way we act. So, it tells us what to do where to go, to all the nations. Now, that's another thing, all the nations. Your nation might be your family. Your nation might be your friends. Your nation might be your neighborhood. Your, your nation might be your workplace. You take Jesus there with you. Don't act like the rest of the people. We're called to be a peculiar people. That doesn't mean dress peculiar. That means to act peculiar, which means loving people, not judging people, not telling them all the things they're doing wrong, but just love them 
until they can't stand it anymore. And they'll fold. They will. Every time. Every time they'll fold. You can't love people enough. Don't worry about ever running out of it because if you know Jesus and he loves you, you have all the love that Jesus has and it don't ever run out. If you know Jesus, you have all the forgiveness and mercy that he has and you can offer that to other people and never run out. Never. Just being real with people. You all know that. What's it read when you walk in the hallway? I can't believe they still don't know, Joe. What's that thing on the wall? What's it say? Real people, real freedom. See, by being real people, we offer people the freedom of being real. We also offer the freedom of them knowing Jesus because that's where their freedom comes from. Because if the sun sets you free, hey, you know Scripture. So, as we go, if this church exists, and I know I already know the answer to this, but this church doesn't exist for making disciples. It's not a church. It's not a club, or whether we have activities. But our focus should first, last, and always be is making disciples, loving people, being real with them. When's the last time you ever admitted to somebody that you did wrong or that you committed some sin? If you haven't admitted that to God, there's something wrong with you because last time I read the scripture said, for all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. I try not to sin, but I still do it sometimes. I still do it. I don't like it. But when you know Jesus, you recognize it right then and you can repent immediately. Immediately, immediately, immediately. You can repent and start over every minute of the day if you need to. And there was a time where I needed to do that. I know you all think I've probably been just wonderful, perfect guy forever. But I got to tell you, I'm glad you didn't know me 25 years ago. But I don't have to worry about that because the Lord said, I made you a new creature, Dennis. The old is gone. It's passed away. And now you're a new man. I've thrown all those things in the sea of forgetfulness. Quit going back there and fishing for them. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are forgiven. Sins, your sins. And you all have them. I have them. But Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has paid the price for those sins. But if you think about some people that was told to go in the Bible, uh, we got, uh, who was, let's see, uh, Moses was told to go. Abraham, go, take your family, go. Where am I going? I don't know, just go. Jonah, go. I don't want to go. I'm going the other way. Oh, no, you're not. See, when we're called to go, we're called to go. You don't have to feel like going. You don't have to feel worthy of going because we're not worthy. Only the blood of Jesus makes us worthy, right? 
And so we just go. Every time you go and you are obedient, God will reveal something about himself that you didn't know. You'll learn. Learn something new. Did Abraham learn anything about obeying God? Did Jonah? David? Yeah, of course they did. The disciples? They learned when they went. God revealed himself and showed more. Showed more. If you go, I've, I've gone before. One time I went and went to a church, didn't want to go, ended up going, and a guy came to me and gave me a prophecy. Uh, 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 another guy, I, I shared something. He said, thank you. I was going to preach Sunday, this thing Sunday, but I didn't want to. Now I'm encouraged to preach it. Another thing happened. A lady that sat in front of me went to the pastor and said, who is that guy sitting behind me? He said, that's my friend Dennis. She goes, well, I don't know who he is, but there was something coming out of his spirit that healed me, healed my arthritis. And I slept last night for the first time. I didn't know any of those things were happening. I just went. I just went. Another time I go to the, to, uh, to the hospital, didn't want to go. I just got up and went. <clears throat> and there was a lady, she was in a coma. And so I said, Lord, what do I do? He goes, sing to her. I said, you want me to sing to her? Yeah, yeah, sing to her. So I sang to her a couple hymns, went up several days. She was in there seventh, the seventh of the day that I went there. She was sitting up in bed, wide awake. She was on... She was on, she was in a coma. She was on all kinds of support. She's sitting up there in bed and I go, wow, it's great to see you up and about. She goes, yeah. She says, I feel really good. She goes, by the way, thanks for singing to me. When people, even if people are unconscious, they hear every word you say. That's what I learned. They hear every word you say, so you need to be able to be careful what you say to them what you say to them, because you have life and death in your tongue. Life and death in your tongue. I remember the first time I went to Africa with Pastor Lewis. By the way, he's doing really good. He said to say hello, and he's doing the, the, the building of the uh, high school. is really, really coming along. He hasn't sent me a picture yet. He's going to be sending me pictures, but he's doing great, and uh, he said to make sure that I said that I, that he said hello, and to say, Ungaziagi means God bless you. God bless you. So I go over there, and I'm walking away to this hospital over this lady's house and knocks on the door. And this, this man comes to the door, and he's a big old dude, had scars on his face. And Lewis said to this man, I forget what he called his name, he said, Hey, God sent Pastor Lewis here to heal your wife. I'm going, What? I'm looking around. Are you talking about somebody else? I never experienced that before. So we prayed for her. We laid hands on her and prayed for her, the kids, and the man. The kids all came to church that night and were saved. We go back eight months later, the lady's healed completely. Now, I just went. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. You don't have to worry about if you go because you think someone needs you, you just go. You don't have to worry about what you say. You don't have to worry about what you do. You just go. The Lord taught me, Dennis, if you go in my name and for my glory, I will make sure what I want done will happen. I will make sure people hear what I want them to hear, maybe not even what you say. I go, thank you, Lord. 
Go. That's the message. Go. See, this church, you've heard me say this before, this church will only be as faithful as the people who sit in the seats because you are the church. I'm the church. If you aren't faithful believer and are in this and you haven't become faithful, you might be holding back what God wants to do. This church is only being as loving as each of you is loving. This church is only going to be as merciful or as forgiving as you are, as we are individuals as being merciful and forgiving. Why? Because those are the traits of Jesus that we need to take into the world and teach people about them. Teach by example, by being who Jesus wants us to be and who he said he was and who he says he is through his word. Some of you might need to just go to Sunday school for a change. I had to throw that in, Wayne. That was for you, buddy. Seriously, there's some great classes going on. You should go to them. Great adult classes. It's a, it's a great time to learn this Bible and what Jesus wants you to do and who he wants you to be. You know, maybe some of you just need to go and get in your Bible or go and get in your prayer closet. Go. Don't delay. Don't make excuses. Because we, since we've been in ministry, all we've done is go. <laughs> As a church, got a second church. Lord had us leave there and come sent me here to be with Joe. Greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life, being in this church. And now he sent us to go and take the gospel somewhere else. But it's all good. Has it been sometimes not so convenient? Absolutely. Where we are, is it so hot some days you don't leave your house? Yes. Or you just go down and jump in the pool. Or go to the beach and jump in the ocean, cool off. Was it inconvenient to travel all that far? And without the help of God and without the help of Bob, we would have had a terrible time. God is good. He's every step of the way, when you go and you're obedient, He gives you favor everywhere you go. Guaranteed. That's my, I, I, that's my experience. See, that's my testimony. Your testimony is what you know and what God has done through you and showed you. That's all your testimony is. So if you don't go and get tested, guess what? You'll never have a testimony. See, God needs witnesses, not lawyers. We don't have to argue the scripture with anybody. The scripture stands on its own. It is what it is. It's powerful. It's the word of God. End of story. He needs witnesses. He needs us to take ourselves and go and be witnesses to people, to society. I don't have to tell you how dark this world is. It's plenty dark. 
The darkness has to leave when the light arrives and you are a light. I am a light in this world. Your testimony is a light in this world. So my question as we end here today, do you know Jesus personally? That's the most important question you need to answer in your life. Do you know him personally? Not just by name. If you don't know Jesus personally, you might call him and go, who is that? Who is that? Who is that voice? Who is that person? See, you need to know Jesus personally, and he wants to have an intimate, an intimate relationship with you. Intimate. Just like you have with your wife or friends. Intimate. That means you know each other better than anybody else knows each other. You accept each other for who you are. My wife is a wonderful person because she's had so much practice at forgiving me. It's a fact. I know it. But it's the love of God. She's shown Jesus. She shows Jesus to me when she's done that. Go. But do you got to know Jesus to go? Because if you don't know him like you should... What's going to happen? Some disciples went out and got beat up, didn't they? Because they didn't know him well enough to, to, to get rid of some demons. They came back beat up. You got to know him. You got to take the time to spend with him, to pray, to read his word, to meditate on his word, to listen to him. And that's what this body is for and about. I got to tell you, I, a lot of you are new here and I don't know you, but you're extremely fortunate to be in this place. They'll love the hell out of you. Yeah, that's a good thing. Because all of us have had a little bit of that. Maybe we still have a little bit of it. We have some things we haven't turned loose of that we like, that we like too much, so we still hang on to them and try to live in both worlds, but we can't do it. So with eyes closed and heads bowed, if there's anyone here today that needs to know Jesus better or maybe just know him, get to know him for the first time or you need the courage to go, to stand up and go. Raise your hand and put it back down. Thank you, thank you, all over the place. Thank you. All of us need to know him better. The most important thing, we all have to go. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for the people here. I'm so thankful for this congregation, for this church for the friends that we have here that you have forged those friendships. Friends are friends forever when the Lord is the Lord of them. We thank you, Lord. Lord, every person who's raised their hand, Lord, I ask you to this day, before this day is over, or when they leave the sanctuary, Lord, they feel your presence and they already feel you talking to them and all, all, all feel you drawing them to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in his mighty name we pray. Amen.